Hello! Welcome to Cutscenes and Cupcakes, the podcast. The podcast! I am Lindsay, your squish. Um, <laughs> I have with me today Marley squish? and Stephanie of Cutscenes and Cupcakes. Are we squishy? No, you are, are you the mallows. My squishy. What are you talking about? Squish mallows. Oh. They made Pokemon ones. They're really I saw cute. Them. They're actually really cute. That's amazing. Do you guys have any squishmallows? No. My no. daughter gets mad at me because I'll call them squashmallows, which I actually think is a better name than squishmallow. I, I agree. Like squishmallow. Squashmallow it's, sounds like the vegetable. But squid, it's like you want your mouth to do the same vowel sounds. So squishmallow, it's like you have to like enunciate too much. Whereas squashmallow, it's like it comes out smoothly. You know, I was a huge stuffed animal girl when I was a kid. And like, I, think I feel you're like. probably a normal sized kid. <laughs> probably. No, actually, I was, I'm really Anyways. tall. But <laughs> I, if squish mallows, I was going to say something else because now you're confusing me on what they're actually yeah, called. Mallow. But the squish mallows, um, they, if they had been around when I was a kid, I would have like a hundred of them because I think they're so freaking cute. I love they're them. actually really soft too. They're a big deal. Yeah. And there's all sorts of sizes too. I love it. Just I like approve. <laughs> but yes, that's not what we're talking about today at all. Maybe one day they'll make <laughs> video game squash mallows. Squish mallows. <gasps> like a giant like controller or something. Oh, I was thinking like a giant like Joel from The Last of Us. Oh, that would be cool too. <laughs> or Kirby. Kirby a clicker. Such an easy squishmallow. <laughs> Kirby would be perfect. Kirby's just I mean, meant all... to be a squishmallow. Oh my gosh. And a you've clicker. got all the Mario characters too. That's true. Yeah, like a Goomba squishmallow. Wow. Oh, or a boo. You guys, by you guys, I mean the squishmallow people need to talk with us about changing your name. And then adding different Squishmallows to your collections. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they did just do the they Pokemon ones. So lab. they've got, you know, they're heading yes. in the right direction. They're, they're making progress, but they need and to they talk did. to whoever Build-A-Bear works with. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Build-A-Bear also. Because then a whole bunch of options. Um, I feel like I need a Ted Lasso bear. <laughs> I feel like I need the Tom Nook build a bear because it is so cute. Yeah, build a bear has the connection. Um, it's dangerous. It's very, very dangerous, especially with children because we're going for them allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've only Allegedly. been to build a. Well, I didn't. I didn't go to build a bear as a kid, but I definitely I went either. as an adult. And I and I got to uh, the uh, toothless the dragon. <laughs> I really. I've always wanted to go to build a bear, and I want to have a build a bear, but I don't have the kind of allowance that you need as a child or an adult to buy a build a bear. It's not horrible if you don't buy all the accessories that go with it. Yeah. But I would have to buy a Tom Nook shirt if I let me look this up. Also, on your birthday, which probably isn't relevant for us now that are getting older, it's uh, pay your age. Oh, so like $90 million because that's how old I am. 
But so if I take my son in this year for his birthday, it's $2. You get wow. a, a Build-A-Bear for $2. Yeah, just like a I guess we're going to take but... Henry in Aww. for his birthday to get Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Henry. Give me your toy. That's, that's what I'm hearing. And I'll <laughs> get him something, too. Like, you know, a box. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am a very generous person. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> it's true. Oh goodness. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, this is not at all what we were gathered here today to talk about. Are, are you having an intervention with us? <laughs> or a wedding? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we are gathered here tonight <laughs> to actually speak about uh, Mass Effect again. Yay, but behind, behind the scenes. The scenes. BTS, bitches. Can I, just, can I just say, while I was researching some things, I was having a hard time finding stuff that was very specific to Mass Effect 1. Because it's old. Well, I found old. a documentary right away. Well, not even just that, but like... I, I would find like I like I found like an article like I have some things that um, I'll bring up once we get to that point. But there's a lot of stuff about Mass Effect two and three in there is what I'm saying. Mm, yes. So it's hard to like narrow it down. I mean, but I have a few things. I have a good nugget. I watched a documentary and it was all about Mass Effect one and behind. It was actually called Behind the Scenes, oh. and I was like, oh hey. That's exactly us, what I need. Tell us what you learned. Um, I learned a lot. So they went through each category of what goes into making a game. And um, some of the cool things they talked about is like the sound Sovereign makes actually comes from a trash can that they opened and closed. <laughs> and then they brought it back to the studio and like, um, like, put it in octave lower and put some reverb on it and then it made that really creepy sound and um so i thought that was interesting because like that's a very defining sound in the game they have a lot of cool soundscape stuff like that and they're just like oh a lot of it's just happy accidents like they went to the freeway and recorded spaceship sounds because through like a vacuum tube like they put the mic in a vacuum tube and went to the freeway and like listened to cars go by and that's the sounds of the spaceships and i was like these people are so creative like that's amazing and that then is. um they talked about the art direction and how fun it was to do like you know the solarians and the asari and how their like clothes were based off of sports gear and like scuba gear Things like that. It was really interesting. So I'm sure I'll chime in throughout the entire episode about I think you should random stuff I learned. Yeah. Uh, well, what did you guys learn? I want to know, like, what you researched specifically. So I was actually looking at a little bit more about, like, the choices that you can make in the game as well as like the paragon versus renegade and i found i actually found this really interesting article it's actually it's called 11 rare mass effect scenes you probably never saw oh i saw and that too. yeah and it's and it's all because 
there's just so there because of your choices and how you want to play the game as well as who you choose to like have relationships with or romance in the game it totally you can totally miss out on like very specific scenes and dialogue so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah i was reading a little bit about that too how um i i kind of searched more learned more about bioware the company in general um and their first games are kind of more like Shattered Steel and Baldur's Gate, which I know very little about. But before Mass Effect, they made... Um, KOTOR. Uh, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. There we go. And some people might know it as KOTOR, which sounds so silly. <laughs> it sounds so nerdy, but I love it. <laughs> um, and KOTOR is actually one of the first uh, games to use like the dialogue system where you gain relationships with people and then um mass effect is one of the first games to continue on with that spread their web and then to keep those decisions you made to continue on in the other games with mm -hmm. the character so they were kind of some of the pioneers of that type of gaming dialogue gaming do you think um what is that one game called outer not outer, outer wild outer wild outer outer, outer wild outer world outer worlds oh. outer world there was an Speaking. outer world and an outer wilds that came out similar times yes but i'm thinking of outer worlds because um i mean we covered that on our podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> a while ago and i um, definitely remember that yes me too but i do remember from that game how much it reminded me of mass effect because of uh, again, because of the dialogue choices and the characters and and how it affects the rest of your game. Um, so I wonder if they were inspired um, by Mass Effect. Um, I as you were talking about that, I kind of got curious about the same thing. Um, they don't have any members from what I can see of um, like they're not from Bioware, but they collaborated with Bioware on like Baldur's Gate. And um, it looks like they worked on KOTOR 2. Um, Who's so it, uh Obsidian Entertainment who made um, Outer Worlds. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I found that interesting. Um, okay. There definitely is a lot of inspiration there. And um, yeah. It's interesting. <clears throat> um, well, let me think. So after they made KOTOR, they really wanted to expand their dialogue, like as Stephanie said. Um, and I think that's where another thing I learned is they based the world off of like creating the world they wanted to create. So they were like, okay, is this a world where AIs should exist or don't exist? And they're like, let's just make that a story arc. And then they're like, it's with the Geth. And then they're like, okay, is this um, a world where, you know, faster than light travel exists? Is that, you know, yes or no? And that's where the Mass Effect came from. Like, um, it, it was just really interesting to hear like their whole process from start to finish. And yeah, I was reading a little bit about that too, how it's one of 
I, I don't know if it's the first game or one of the first games to actually have on each of their planets, on each of their different locations. Like they have, I don't know if I'd say fully realized stories, but they have an ecosystem in place. They have a look to it. They have a lot of storylines that can go along with it. And it's such a vast world that doing that obviously took so much time and effort to plan to make it what it is which then obviously leads to so much extra gameplay extra um storylines that you can complete so i know that it's one of the first to start doing stuff like that kind of more hitting on that open world and i think that's one of the things i really liked about it um was the different worlds i remember going to planets and there was too much pressure so your suit couldn't handle it after a certain while or you know obviously there's the main planets where there's too much cold or too much heat and i'm like that's a very realistic look at space um is that most planets are uninhabitable and then allegedly. there's some that are allegedly <laughs> it's not gonna stop me um, <laughs> But yeah, where like most things are uninhabitable, but then others are just like unwelcoming. And we would have to overcome huge barriers and technology to be able to do exploration. But don't worry, the Mako can handle it. I hate the fucking Mako. <laughs> I know. When in doubt, just drive in the Mako and you'll be fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, stay in the Normandy and make out with Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, there's actually a scene. Let me think. Let me see where I can find it. But there is a missed scene. Where is it? Oh, this is somewhat of a, of a more of a reference to Mass Effect 2. But I guess mm -hmm. there is there is a possibility that everybody except Joker dies. <laughs> oh yeah. I've never played that way, but that's amazing. Uh, oh man. And so, I mean, you know, sorry if that's a little bit of spoiler alerts for people, but I guess it's I'm not old, really, I'm like not 10 years old. Well, and I'm not really going into details too, just because I don't, yeah. I mean, I haven't even, I haven't played the second one yet. I but also feel like you should be ready for spoilers when you're listening to our podcast. That is true. That is true. Yeah. We've never like hardly ever done ones that, yeah. But I well, guess like Je Joker uh, oh. Joker supposedly, like, he prepares to take Shepard's place in ME3. And so I wonder how that works then. Like, if that's the, like, the bad ending in Mass Effect 2, then is there even a Mass Effect 3? Like, or do you play I, as Joker? Like, what happens? I think you can still play as Shepard, but it would be a very short game because a lot of mass effect three is the cutscenes and finding your old companions and reuniting with them. Well, it says um, in this, in this one that I'm looking at on this, um, this article, it says like it's through a series of bad decisions, like all of your teammates die one by one. <laughs> and then as you rush to the ship, you have no teammates to defend yourself and you fall to your death. Oh my gosh, wow. So yeah, like you die, and then, then it's on Joker. So yeah, that's why I'm like... I well, really need happens? to play like an idiot run through and just like... Because <laughs> the second... Not to spoil anything too much, but like the second game is all based around the suicide mission that you go on. And you can make choices throughout the game of how you're going to prepare for it. 
And I think it's hysterical that you can just be an idiot and be like, no, we don't need new guns. No, let's have a biotic do this technical um, task. And let's have a technical sniper do this biotic task. You know, things like that. I think that's really interesting that they let you get away with that. <laughs> hey, why not? It adds the replayability of the game. It does. And I think that's another special thing about Mass Effect is they put a lot of thought and effort into making these very replayable because they wanted you to have as much freedom as you could. Well, and speaking of um, Kotar, too, there's also, you know, a lot of... Um, so this article that I that I keep mentioning, it's, um, it's from Den of Geek. Um, or I've, there's two technically articles that I've been looking at, but this 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 one is Den of Geek, and it's just called Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Should you play as a Paragon or Renegade? And um, I I really like how they're like there really is no wrong way to play this trilogy, but is it ultimately better to play one or the other? And so they reference Kotar in this, especially where. Um, a huge part of that game is you're deciding between being a Jedi or a Sith, which, you know, is very like good versus evil, very um, kind of standard. But like with Mass Effect, like it's worth emphasizing. And it says that in the article here that it's worth emphasizing that Commander Shepard will still be a hero, regardless of which direction your moral compass points. Um, so I, I, I definitely found that interesting. And then even let's see. Um, they reference Kotar again, where they say like the other, the other way you can play as a renegade, it's not necessarily evil. Um, but it is really cool that you, they call it a Sith style face where you kind of get like a scarred face if you go full renegade mm -hmm. and you like start to get like facial distortion. If you fill that like renegade meter as you, um, kind of start twisting, your moral compass a little bit have you have you ever played that have you ever played that way Lindsay? yeah i have that's in mass effect 2 oh, okay. um that they're referring to and you do you look like a robot i'm not gonna tell you why but you look more and more like robotic and there's like orange glow coming out from underneath your scars it's Ooh. really fun. Um, yeah, but then no, you say I... mean things to your crew and you like contradict yourself constantly. And I'm like, I can't be rude to Garrus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and that's why like a lot of people, um, it's, it's super interesting because a lot of people choose to go full Paragon because they, they like the way that, um, like you're more charismatic, like you're you as um, Commander Shepard, like you're more charismatic. And um, let's see, where is it too? So this other article, I need to make sure we reference this as well. Um, <laughs> it's called, yeah, like I said, it's called 11 Rare Mass Effect Scenes You Probably Never Saw. And it's from, it's from windowscentral.com, which I, I don't really know what that is, but this is where I found it. Hmm. And I love the tagline at the very top. It says, be honest, you replay Mass Effect to romance new crewmates, not to make new choices. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
But yes, they just said that they said that um, the cinematic does Bioware's cinematic designer, John Ebinger, he had tweeted um, back when the legendary edition like first came out. He said that like 92% of Mass Effect players went full Paragon. Interesting. Wow. Even though they put all this work into plotting out and designing all the Renegade options, most players never took advantage of them. Well, you build up your character to be good and then uh, you just turn turn your back on that. Well, and also no one wants to be mean to their team, like to their beloved characters, because... Like, I remember playing Paragon and Garrus is like, hey, Commander, do you have a minute? And he's like, about to give you the Dr. Hart mission. And I was just like, not right now, Garrus. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, ah, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's hard. Like, they act so disappointed and so sad. And you're just like, I'm a monster. <laughs> well, and I, I think like... That just shows how much depth and how much thought that the writers and developers of the game went through to ma- when they were making this game. Because they wanted, I think they wanted more than just a space, you know, mercenary. I mean, she's not really a mercenary, but you know what I mean? Like kind of like mercenary space people who shoot and fight bad guys and do all these mm-hmm. cool missions. Like, I think they wanted more than that. And so they wanted to create these characters and these relationships and as well as these like kind of moral decisions to be able to like bring more to the table. And I think they were very successful in that. Yeah, I agree. Were you going to say something, Steph? You went off mute. (laughs) Yeah. No, not really. Oh, okay. Um, so the other thing too that I just I want to bring up because I thought this was this is specific to Mass Effect One. So I wanted to bring up this missed scene that you um or this scene that you could possibly well most people miss, and that is that Liara almost dies of dehydration. Oh yeah, um, that's so funny. Have you I played that, that? I did that on accident my first time, so I just thought she was really weird. <laughs> Because um, remember how you can go three different planets when you first start? It's Pharos, Noveria, and Vermeer. Before you go to Therum. Before you go to Therum where she is. All of that. So they let you pick three missions and then they give you a fourth mission when you're doing the three. If you do all the missions you can before going to Therum, then she's... I'm like, well, I should probably pick up this scientist. I didn't know she was a main character. <laughs> um, I like uh, You find her and she's like, hello? What's, who are you? What is happening? Like, And she's like delirious and you're like, oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, she like believes you're a hallucination until you free her. Oh, Liara. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> well, and it's kind of interesting too because like as you are going through the game and you're learning about the Reapers, um, you're, you are now telling, like, if you, if this happens to you, if this, you know, if you do this in the order of the events, like you are now telling Liara about the Reapers instead of like her, her being being there to like help you study it. Yeah, it is interesting. I remember my second playthrough. I didn't do, I like went and got her first 
And then she does like the Asari mind connection thing. And I was like, mm -hmm. what is happening? <laughs> so. You're like, this is entirely different than what I've experienced before. <laughs> exactly. Which but is yeah. really neat. It's but neat just, that they put the details in. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they yeah, they want to take into account what might happen if you do things in a little bit different order, you know? And I, I yeah, you're right. I'd love that attention to detail. It's a really immersive way to um, make a game as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where it's not just the same catchphrase. I mean, there are <laughs> same catchphrases a lot <laughs> throughout the game, but you can switch up the gameplay and it's not always a cooker cutter, cookie cutter um, presentation of it. Well, mm -hmm. and it's interesting that we, this kind of reminds me because um, in Hogwarts Legacy uh, that I just finished playing and Lindsay just finished playing and Steph will get, will, will be playing soon because we're going to be covering it on the podcast um, soon. But I noticed that there were, there were times um, with the dialogue that it didn't seem totally like customized to my situation or if I did things in maybe a little bit different order. So they, like, I think, I think they did, like, I'm not saying it was like awful, but I just noticed it a couple of different times throughout the game. Yeah, I had the same thing. I had a big fight with Sebastian and he's like saying all this speciesist stuff about goblins. And then we got together the next day and he's like, acted like nothing happened. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, it didn't really, like, it, it's not like it took away from, like, my experience with the game or anything, but it was just, like, kind of, like, huh, oh, did they did they realize they did that? It, the, huh, in the yeah, dialogue. why didn't they just pay attention a little bit more? Or find a way to, like, change it up the dialogue depending on when you get to that point in the story or if it's like a side mission or I don't know, like, I just feel like they could have integrated some things a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, like with mass effect, like it sounds like they really just wanted to give that full experience. And I mean, as we already mentioned the replayability. Mm -hmm. I think mass effect and mass effect one in particular was a really good, um, foundation or precursor to games like Detroit, where oh, I love that game. yeah, where there's like a huge tree of possibilities and events and cutscenes that you can unlock, and you know, I I think this t this game in particular was really foundational for a lot of games after it. In oh, like people really like building relationships with characters and having, you know it matter that they have a relationship with this character and that this character is going to be there in the last scene backing them up, you know, in the last fight or whatever. It's, I, I think mass effect, I don't know, deserves a lot of credit for that. I give it credit. So oh, it got yeah. it from me. <laughs> That's all they wanted. <laughs> no, <laughs> they no. did it. <laughs> now they don't have to make mass effect five. No, don't say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I want Mass Effect 5 so bad. Even after the disaster of Andromeda? You know, I haven't re... I mean, I'm a part of a lot of Mass Effect forums and... Of course you groups. are. Yeah, I know. I just pushed my glasses up my nose. And um, 
they are like you should replay andromeda because after it released they patched the heck out of it like i remember when they were patching it it was like patching a sinking ship because every day i logged in people looked different things were different you know left and right and so i would like to play the quote-unquote finished game and also a lot of people like it more the second time than they thought they would because they know what to expect. Um, I think people went into Andromeda. If you want my thesis. Sorry. You're probably regretting that you asked. Go for um, it. I would never stop you mid-thesis. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah. I, a lot of people think that Andromeda was supposed to be quote-unquote Mass Effect 4. And in a way it was. But it was more of a spin-off game than it was... Um, the main game. So it'd be like watching Better Call Saul and expecting Breaking Bad. It's not the same thing. It's good, but it's different good. Um, and, you know, so I feel like that's kind of my feelings about Andromeda now. And um, I'm looking forward to see if they put the two together in Mass Effect 5. Because... If they put together the trilogy and Andromeda and made them mesh, that would be actually really quite amazing. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> so no pressure or anything. It's just some small yeah. requests from the fans. Yeah. <laughs> There's no forums about it or anything. No, no. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> What else did you find in, in the behind-the-scenes video, Lindsay? Um, I'm trying to think. There was... Oh, oh I have something. Oh, let's oh. hear it. Bioware's Canadian. That's oh, it. very much so. Yep. I was watching them interview all the people, and they're like, very Canadian. They're like, here in Alberta, we went about <laughs> looking for the... <laughs> looking for the bear the bear cans that make the sounds and i was just like oh my gosh and that probably offended all of our canadian people yeah. but <laughs> our one canadian fan our one canadian hey, friend i have faith we have more than one canadian fan i think we've I mean, got a couple but i'm thinking of one in particular but there's probably more <laughs> as long as you don't put a mirror in front of him you're okay oh yeah huh i get it I, like the thing I, I really liked about this game is is like the opportunity to make decisions and kind of choose how the game plays out, especially with how it affects your relationships and how it carries on through all three games. Like, can you imagine? Okay, I'm just gonna go back to De to Detroit Become Human because like I feel like they are like one of the ultimate examples of decision based games. But, mm -hmm. like, can you imagine if they made a sequel or a third installment of that game and it carried on through each game, your decisions and what happened in the first game? Like, that would be amazing. Like, I think that yeah. would be that would be really cool. So, um, who made that one? Quantic Dream? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening, you should uh, do something about that because people <laughs> people like... People like these kinds of games, you know, they're, they're mm -hmm. here for it. And it, it just provides another, you know, like, yeah, sure. We all like looter shooters and whatnot, but at the same time, like we like our games to have that depth as well as the replayability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I love that. 
I love the the option for replayability. Like again, bringing up Hogwarts Legacy, I think like for me, like the only the really only replayability factor in a game like that is um, that you can just change different houses, and there are some different missions and different things that do happen depending on what house you're sorted into. But like other than that, like the story is the exact same. I think. Yeah. So I I don't know how much replayability that that game has maybe in the beginning, it'd be kind of fun to, to explore a little bit, but it's just not the same. It's true. It's not, I want, I really want a game and I know this will not be either of your types of game, but parts of it will be. Um, but I want to like a farming sim, like Stardew Valley, but with more of a relation, like a dating sim in, integrated into it. So that you can, like, have your farm and then date the villagers and it'll be, like, meaningful and long-lasting relationships that go over the course of three games as opposed to (laughs) just one. (laughs) Have you heard of uh, Farmville? Try that out. Yeah, that sounds like what I'm asking for. Exactly, on the nose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I would love a game that has like the master of all things. Like I want I want a fishing game integrated into this farming game. Like I want all the Sims in one big massive sim. I want the Sims. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure they have to have a Sims farming simulator. I'm do sure they, they I don't think they do. Huh. There's not a DLC for that. Not that There's I know of. of you, I mean, you can you garden, do. but it's not the same. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Mass Effect's set a good base and a good jumping off point to see how in-depth you can get in these games, especially at uh, such an early time of these I don't want to say because I mean explorative open world games have been around for a long time but I do think that Mass Effect did set a precedent for what you can do and how Mm -hmm. you can keep achieving and getting better I agree and um, one last thing I wanted to know is in the documentary they talked about how they wanted to be very collaborative from the get go and I don't know what it was like working in that studio but it just sounded really cool that they would go to the artists for their opinion of how things should look. And then they would go to the animators for their opinion of how things should move and how like the physics of the universe, like they had a big discussion with everyone. It sounded like, and just got everyone's feedback and then I mean, turned it into this big collaborative game. I mean, of course they did. They're Canadian. They <laughs> like care about they, each other. They're they kind. They care about each other. They care about each other. <laughs> caribou? Yep. There's caribou up there, I'm pretty sure. Are there? In Canada? I get caribou mixed up with um, the African thing. Caribou uh, are a lot like, like are a lot like elk. Oh, you're right. They are. Um I get them mixed up with gazelles or something else. I can't remember what. But I'm like, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the wild caribou in the African Sahara. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This season. Oh, goodness. Do we do not a sponsors at the end of this one? 
No. We can if you want, but... I don't think we normally do. Yeah. Well, um, should we wrap it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's all we've got, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty much um, what I found. I, I, I think we covered um, some pretty good bases. I was sitting on my big hot fat that uh, Bioware is Canadian. <laughs> I think as that explains explosive it, truth. It explains <laughs> so much. <laughs> I think we've talked about wanting to play the some of the other the rest of the series or at least the second one to see how it progresses. So I think as we continue on, it opens up more doors of uh, like how they came from Mass Effect One to go into Mass Effect Two. So I'm excited to see the changes and developments that are made through that process. I and agree. I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for him to like live vicariously through you both. Okay, but I have time. a big fat to be played pile, so uh, don't. I know. Don't get too excited yet. I can be patient. Keep your panties on. I will not. But I can be patient. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, That's you guys, fair. thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> end with Lindsay Pantyless. Ah, uh, <laughs> please. I, that sounded so sad. I was going to say, please join our Discord. <laughs> please. <laughs> please. Okay. But we would love if you joined our Discord because we have a lot of fun. We talk about everything. And people make fun of me for not being able to uh, drive a warthog. So. I, who did that? I will see if they listen to this episode and then they can tell me. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. a test. Um, but we'd love to have you in our Discord. We have a lot of fun. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Gmail. Our Discord, if you need a oh. thing, is discord.ageofgeek.com. It'll take you right to the invite. I'm an ideas person, Marley. I'm not a details person. It's okay. That's why I'm here. I'm supposed to take notes or well, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here for note taking. Not just, you're also pretty. Thanks. But until but the listeners can't see that. <laughs> well, but they know if they join our Discord and see the pictures we occasionally share. Take I mean, those are that... our em emotes. <laughs> that too. Listeners, dear listeners, take my word that Marley isn't an ugly, horrible ground goblin. <laughs> <laughs> or just, you know. It's very specific. <laughs> Come see us She's on Instagram, not, I too. promise. I well, promise. Why don't we talk about how cute I am? Oh, you're cute. Thank you. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. You have a friend. <laughs> Eat cupcakes. Play video games. Bye. Goodbye. This has been an Age of Geek media production.